welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined with my brother Kyle. How are you doing, Kyle? What's up, everybody? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I could be better. Uh, unfortunately, today, I don't know if you heard, but we, uh, the rapper Young Dolph, who's one of my, one of the rappers I listen to, we won't call him one of my favorites, but he's definitely one I would go to more than, you know, the average rapper, I guess. Yep. So he's, he's a little bit up there, but he was unfortunately gunned down today in Memphis. Mm. And lost his life. I did. Uh, I did see that. that. So rest in peace, the young Dolph. We'll start with that. But yeah, uh, for sure, yeah, for just sure, just a sad story. Kind of, kind of fucked up my mood today. So uh, yeah, it's always yeah, weird, regardless of if you know the person like thoroughly or not. It's always it's always feel bad when you see someone lose their life in any capacity. But like especially like that, especially with a young talent like that, you just feel like oh man. Not just because for the music aspect, but it's like, man, that's weird how, like, life can just be snatched from you that quickly. So, definitely rest in peace to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had a he had a wife and kids. He was 36. He's been, you know, I probably started listening to him around, like, 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. around that time. And, um, you know, definitely put, I want to say put Memphis on the on the map, but he's definitely... A voice of probably, Memphis. Yeah, you know, he's probably one of the more popular Memphis rappers of, you know, the last five years. So, you know, he was definitely part of the new generation of Memphis. Yep. Um, you know, but yeah, just a sad story. And, you know, I'm just, I'm really, you know, being a fan of hip hop like I am, I'm really sick of rappers getting gunned down in their own community. Oh, and, uh, 100%. And, you know, it's re- really reminiscent of how Nipsey, Nipsey left us. And, uh, XX. It's, it's a sad. Yeah, Triple X, same thing. He was gunned down in South Florida. And, um, you know, I don't come from a community like that, but, you know, no matter where you're from, it's really true that, you know, your home, your hometown, your own community, no matter how much love you get and no matter how much love and support you get from them, there's always, you know, even if it's 1%, it seems like the hate is always louder than the love, honestly. Because well, no matter where you're from. Yeah, people don't go out of their way always to express love, but people will go out of their way to express hate. And like you don't and you don't have to ask for people to go out of the way to express love because like it's mutual and we like you respect it. But like you'll hear the hate more because people will go out of their way to do whatever to diminish who you are as a person or what you do or whatever. So definitely the hate's definitely louder than the love. Most definitely and uh yeah, it sucks we had to lose a talented rapper like that over over nothing. He was just grabbing, he was buying cookies at a store he like literally promoted last week. I saw on social media, so it's just sad. It's senseless, but you know, on that note, we'll kind of try to lighten the mood. Talk the basketball. We had a great game, entertaining game. I'll say last night. It was it was poised to be a great game after the first half, and then the second half happened, and it became just a slaughter. Yeah, step. Steph did what Steph does. Uh, the Warriors look great. Andrew Wiggins had a big second quarter, and it bled into the third quarter. Kind of sparked him. The Warriors' bench is probably the bench bench in the league. They're, the Warriors are looking like the best team in the league in the class of the West for, obviously, the small portion we have of the season right now. They absolutely do. Uh, you know, I my question marks were obviously Draymond and Clay, mm-hmm. And, I mean, Draymond still... Kind of a question mark when it comes to shooting, but I mean, you know, when your team's that deep, which I did not expect them to be, I expected, you know, when we were talking about their depth in the preseason or before the season, we were talking mostly like Wiggins, maybe Jordan Poole. We didn't expect maybe 
the Gary Payton. I was like, Gary, Pay- Gary Payton, the sack. I did not expect him. I did expect Damian Lee. I did expect, I, I expected Kayvon Looney, obviously Wiseman, Clay. Like most of these people, other than Bielitsa, who like, yeah, I, knew was there, I knew was there, but I completely forgot when we were talking about it. And like, as Iggy's played better, as I thought he was, like, I felt in the playoff wise he was going to be important to them as well. And I think he honestly can be with how he's looking this far, thus far. Yeah, he looks all right. I mean, he's going to be. He's obviously 37, so mm-hmm. who knows how he'll look in April because he, he certainly looked washed in Miami, you know? But yeah, he's no, definitely, he definitely better. Definitely. He certainly looked better. Um, but, yeah, GP2, uh, Bialinka. Bialinka. bounce. Man, he does he's got bounce. And uh, Jordan Poole. And, yeah, Looney's been doing his thing. He's been solid. You know, he's one of those players, kind of like the Spurs you'd see, where, like, you just have this player who might not do a lot, but he, for whatever reason, works in the system well. He was kind of like a little bit, I mean, he was kind of a little bit like what Boris Diaw was on that Spurs team. Like, I guess not, so. like Boris, a different different Boris role. But Boris like, Diaw worked a few other places. Like, he had a good oh, stint with the Oh, for sure. Diaw. I mean, Looney's only been a warrior, so I'm just saying, but, like, a different role. But, like, Boris Diaw was a player who, on that Spurs team, I'm thinking specifically, who played enough minutes to where you would look at him and be like, he's not that important, but then when you actually watch the game, it's like, oh, wow, he's more pivotal to this offense than you would you would expect. So he kind of like is, has an almost similar-ish role in that sense. Not same player, though. For sure. And, uh, yeah, they don't have James. James Wiseman's still going to come back and obviously Clay. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. And if Clay... You know, at this point, Clay doesn't even Clay could just sit in the corner and just shoot at this point and give him okay defense, and you know this team would be okay by the looks. But you know, still a lot of time this season. Yeah. You know, there's obviously trades to be made, moves to be made, injuries will happen, and they so could make knows? a move to get even better. I mean, they have Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman as young pieces. Like you would honestly mm-hmm. want to keep a one or two of them, maybe as a developmental piece. But at the same time, when their system they develop so well. That they can move one of them for, I don't know, another veteran piece or another rim protector or something, something that they need to even push themselves further along. So they still yeah, have to make. And right now, it looks like they have the right mix of vets and young guys. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, you know, Wiseman, Wiseman could be that rim protector. And, uh, you know, Draymond looks great right now. Obviously, the shooting comes and goes with Draymond, but, you know, everything. He's, he's been shooting better this year, he's actually taking threes. It's not like obviously at an abs- like absurd club. He's taking about two a game, which is more than we could say in the past, and he's shooting thirty eight percent. So in f- like he's not that it's like he's a great shooter like he was in that twenty fifteen sixteen. Not that he was great, but he was definitely a better shooter than he is now. But he is shooting enough, and he's actually like driving the ball. He's actually showing himself to be a more viable offensive option, which is making their offense work better obviously Steph is Steph too so he's the best offensive player in the league in my opinion but look at right now Draymond shooting one one attempt a game and he's shooting at 40 at 40 percent right now okay one for 53 percent from the line so uh we'll see how that needs to to bounce up but but you know it's funny it's funny because you know for time of the Nets few few thoughts from last night just like watching like because I've seen the Nets a few times we mentioned Harden. Harden still, Harden looks. I, I think he's going to play his way in, but man, he he just looks. He does not look the same. He looks. 
He looks about two steps too slow. The new rules are throwing yeah. him off. I'm like, like regardless of whatever, like you can see it but in his game. Like his, foot, his, foot, his first steps. He looks a little thick. He looks. He looks kind of like he. But at the same time, it's weird because he was putting on weight in Houston last year and still dropped thirty five. Mm-hmm. Still would go out with triple doubles that were like good games. Like obviously he had the thirty nine point triple double, I believe, the other night, and that was obviously his best game of the season. But it's not <laughs> consistent, and with James not Harden, consistent. it's consistent always. Like that's been that's just been him since he's been in Houston. But yeah, yeah I'm interested to see how he looks by by the new year. Yeah, but man, I mean, you know, for the people who. And you being one of them, the people who wanted Kyrie traded after, you know, no games last year, or even one game last year, they sure as hell could use Kyrie right now. So very interesting to see what the hell happened they with could Kyrie. Use, they could use Kyrie, but I also still think they should try. I'm still under the they could use depth as well right now because they are top heavy. And if Harden is not going to play well, they're not doing anything. Because they're as good as Duran is, I'm sorry. There are two good of teams in the West and East. They're not gonna go too far if Harden's gonna play like, like this. I do. I'll say this. I like their depth better than last year. I think they got deeper, but it's Harden that they're missing. You know what I mean? Katie just doesn't have that number two right now. Yeah, but I think he pulls it together. He'll eventually. He should find his rhythm. But if he don't, they're in trouble. If they, they would, don't. They're not they doing anything. Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I mean, obviously, guess. unless Kyrie comes back. But like, if Kyrie, Kyrie doesn't come, back. if Kyrie doesn't do, if James Harden plays at the same level he is now, and Kyrie doesn't come back, Brooklyn's probably not getting out of the second round. Who knows? That East is uh, wide open. The Bulls look great. The Bulls have been one of the Bulls, more fun. Teams Miami. Obviously, the Wizards are playing really well. The Cavs, the Knicks. Like, if you would have told me after 14 games, roughly, that the Wizards, the Cavs, the Knicks were going to be three of the top six teams, I would have laughed at you. Right? <laughs> like, it I would completely. It always seems like uh, the season kind of starts off like that, where, like, you know, after 15 games, 20 games, the standings look really weird and by the time i don't know by the time it's like january february really about the end of december it starts to shake out you kind of get a real feel for who's who a little bit a little bit at least in the in the top half but yeah it's kind of jumbled right now i think like the bucks are like the 10 seed right now still the bucks are actually out of the playoffs as of right now like if the if the playoffs started today milwaukee and atlanta who was in the eastern conference finals would not be in the playoffs yeah. Obviously, very very early. They've only each they've played fourteen and fifteen games respectively. But and still, the Bucks are the Bucks yeah, are oh yeah, the Bucks are not fully held. Uh, Chris Middleton really hasn't played most of this year. Um, Giannis has been in and out, so definitely they're definitely definitely banged up. But being six and eight isn't obviously the start they wanted. But it's not like they're not going to make the playoffs, so they'll be fine. Unless you lose their guys, you would think though that you oh. would think they'd be able to at least claw oh, to yeah. an eight with just Giannis. Oh, I mean, it, with just Giannis, there's no way you're going to try to convince me that the Raptors, Celtics, Sixers, Hornets, Knicks, and Cavs are all going to be better. Like they're going to be better than one of those six teams. I I would bet my money on. But we've seen crazier things happen. I guess. Most definitely. Uh, who? I mean, with Steph. So last night, 
the Nets fans, like Steph won over the Nets fans. Yeah. Which two things that would never happen at MSG. MSG would give him his props and they would not give him MVP chance no, no, no. over, over let's say if they had Durant, that would never happen. Uh, that would never happen with the New Jersey Nets either. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, know like, how many happen. places would though. Like if you have a legitimate star like that, like it's one thing, honestly, if the bad wizards or like the bad, whatever team is chanting MVP because you're gonna like on the Warriors run like when they went 73 and 9 Curry heard MVP chants in 60% of the stadiums because the teams he played were bad and he was that good but Brooklyn with him Kevin Durant no and Harden you have two MVPs on that team (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it'd be it'd be one thing if it was like the Kings or something like that yeah like you'd be like okay Oh, I was kind of I was embarrassed for their fans when that was happening. Like it was kind of it was cool in one sense because I don't think many stars could do that other than stuff. But no. at the same time, being where it was, Brooke, uh, you know, it's still New York. New York's supposed to be the mecca of basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, you got Brooklyn fans who are probably gotta be like one of the top bandwagon yeah. teams in the whole league. You know what I mean? So. You only know. hear about Brooklyn fans when they're doing well. Yeah, because I can tell you this: nobody was New Jersey Nets fans except for Jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and now they even when the they're Brooklyn going to the finals, you didn't really have that. Like, oh yeah, I'm a New Jersey Nets fan. Like, people weren't really. I mean, I wasn't that old for that, but I don't fully remember people like yeah. Jay, I, I love Kenyon Martin. Like all of those, like you wouldn't have obviously basketball heads would know who he is, but like your household guy wouldn't just be like, yeah, Kenyon Martin's my guy. <laughs> Brian yeah, Scalabrini's in- my guy. Is off the bench. Like that's right. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> run into Jer- New Jersey Nets fans on the street. No, Esther. no. But like you just said, household name, which which Kmart kind of was back in the day. He was half and half of a household name. But yeah, say depending on, on the household, for obviously like he's it was not like he was like a premier premier star like someone like Jason Kidd was on that team but he definitely had he definitely had a voice and definitely was a recognizable figure going off that topic transitioning into uh into a topic we talked about last week we kind of spitballed it yeah favorite players mainstream players underground players you know mainstream obviously meaning the most popular household yeah. names you know i.e. your LeBron's your uh your Steph's your yeah. Kevin Durant Mainstream players. We got a, you got a list of 10 for me for each? I, I do. Um, so my 10 NBA players, I got Steph. Mainstream players right here. Mainstream players, yep. So my mainstream players, I've got Steph. I've got LaMelo. I've got Lonzo. I've got Kevin Durant. Tyler Hero. Draymond Green. Derek Rose. LeBron James. Paul George. And John Morant would be my 10 right now as for mainstream players. Okay, well, I like that list. I like that list. Yeah. What, go on, you go on. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that for my um, underground players, I do have a couple names that are, out of my 10, I did have a couple names that were old, were kind of like 2010-ish players that like are not in the league now, but were kind of out, so... I can late. I can save those for a later date, but you can go on with your ten. Uh, let me give you some of my mainstream. One that you already named: D Rose, mm-hmm. Mellow, 
Most of these are uh, non-Celtics, by the way, except for this next name I'm going to bring up because he's kind of on the edge. I think he was mainstream at one point, but now is kind of underground because he's, you know, he's not really in the forefront like that. But Rajon Rondo. Yep. So right there, D. Rose Mello, Rajon Rondo, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Dame Lillard, mm-hmm. Steph, Ja, Ja Morant, Zion, and... Uh, for 10, let me see. I'll throw uh, Jokic in there. I mentioned that oh, last week. Yeah, though. yeah. You're Jokic. So you are Jokic. Another guy. one. It's going to make me sound like, like a Warriors fan, but I'm going to throw Draymond in there, too. I love Draymond. I mean, I have I mean, it's like I have Steph and Draymond both on my list. So, I mean. And we could throw, we could throw even Luka in there. Uh, shit, I could go on and on. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie's so- obviously a love-hate relationship. I love watching him. Mm. Not the... You know, had a rough breakup with us Celtics fans, you know, but love watching this game. There's no one um, that frustrates me more in sports, honestly. But I mean, on on the court, there's I wouldn't. There's not five players I think I'd rather watch other than Kyrie Irving because he's just phenomenal. Off the court, he annoys me more than maybe any person in as a celebrity. Like I just can't handle Kyrie. I'm gonna give you another name. You tell me if he's underground or mainstream. I think it would. It's kind of in the middle. CJ McCollum. Ah, uh, it's hard because I'd say he's probably underground. I he's would say under- he's a little bit underground, but possibly could turn mainstream just because he's someone who wants to get into media, like Alan yeah. being an analyst afterwards, and that could get him recognized. Obviously, if he gets on with like Ever Kenny and Shaq or like all of them, but he's not so, like a household ass. He, but household he's, he's not a household name yet. No, I wouldn't say. I'd say he's underground. All right, and then. Uh, can I give you some underground names? This ain't yeah. a list because there's just a liar. Yeah, you know, you give me some names. Matisse Thibel. Yep. Montrez Harrell. Harrell. Montrez yeah. Harrell. I fuck that up every single yeah, time. Every time. I, yeah, I do too. Harrell. Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie. Yeah. Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. Bojan Bogdanovich. Yes. Boban. Boban. Ish Smith. And then this one hurts because he's a Laker now. But uh, Malik Monk. Oh yeah, Joe Joe Gagner's a huge Malik Monk guy. Huge Fred, Malik Monk guy. Fred Van Vliet. Yep. And then, as I mentioned before, CJ, uh, SGA, Shy Gildas Alexander. He's yep. up there. Dante DiVincenzo, White Dante, shouts to White Dante. Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks. Terry Rozier and then Markel Fultz. He could he could kind of fall into mainstream too, but he's probably underground. Markel Fultz, yeah. former number. One he's I think he's mainstream now. Or I'm sorry, he's underground now. Like a few years ago, he would have been mainstream, just because so many people talked about his shot. But yeah, I think at this point now, people like he just kind of faded away. Um, I got two more names, two oh, last names. Okay, I'm you go, I you go. one of them. I'll save one of them for you because I think he's going to be there actually, but. DeJounte Murray would be the last one. And I'm going to leave one, and if you don't say it, I'll bring it up after. Okay. So, and there could be people that I forgot, too, so definitely, because there's, there's kept going with names and names, but I had to cut myself off. Um, so, I got Kyle Korver, Grayson okay. Allen, I got Gordon Hayward, I got Brandon Ingram, I got Luke Kennard, I've got... Uh, this one was kind of iffy for me. I feel like he's mainstream, but John Wall, I don't know. Yeah, he's mainstream. You would say he's main. Mainstream. You would say mainstream. Okay. Yeah. John. I put Wall, him on my list too. John Wall, uh, Gary Payton, 
the second. He's growing on me. He is what watching him play. He's growing on me. Uh, Udonis Haslam, definitely. Keep faithful. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's an all time heat. He's an all-time Heat great. Like he's just absolutely a Heat great at this point. He has to be. Um, and that that was where I got for current players. I had a couple players that like retired a few years, like Tyreek Evans. It, I was no, like, he was there like Tyreek Evans. Yeah, I was gonna say I love Tyreek Evans. Um, two random names I'm gonna throw out. I had Dexter Pittman and Damian James. Both of them probably like no one's ever heard of. They played for they played for Texas on the same team, I believe, in 2010, 2011. And Dexter Pittman was actually on the Heat championship team in 2013, I believe. Yeah. Barely, but yeah. He yeah, was. barely. I mean, I mean, he was on their team. He got a dude. ring, but he wasn't actually a player. Big dude, if I remember right. Yes. Yeah, so Yes, he needed to lose weight. He was huge. I was gonna say, I'm not talking tall either. <laughs> no, I was going to say, he was huge. A uh, person who I believe just retired recently, Gerald Green. Was that this yeah, year he just retired? He just retired either last week or the week before he yeah. officially retired. Yeah, he officially retired. So Gerald Green was another one. That was for people on my list, and I'm not going to go. I have a couple more, but they're old school players. So a little old school, but yeah, they're not in the league. Two players I thought you'd bring up. On both, and I'm gonna put I'm gonna name this guy as a uh, underground, even though he's uh, he's got mainstream accolades. Yeah, and I could be wrong about this. I don't know. Bam out of bile. See, he yeah no I'm a big I'm a Bam fan, but I would probably say he's in between. Kind of underground, right? Uh, yeah, he's I think like he's between, right? a little underground just because like. People who like, watch think, basketball know who Bam Adebayo is, but like I don't know, it's really I weird. Think, I think to your average person, they would know Lonzo before they know Bam. Adebayo. Oh yeah, I feel like you're. I feel like a lot of people know Lonzo before they know ninety five percent of the NBA. Honestly, just because of how big his whole come into the league was, and the ball, like that ball family, just is recognized. Like even Leangelo Ball may be more recognizable to some, just because yeah, it's all due to Levar, really. Levar, oh, completely. Completely due to Lavar, but like, so go on. The name, yeah. Oh, sorry, my fault. No, but the good. name I thought you were going to bring up that you did not. He would definitely be on both of our lists. Is Bull Bull? Yeah. Got some run last night. Yep. Oh, yep. You're you're completely right. I do love myself some Bull Bull. <laughs> I don't know why like, he doesn't play any. I don't know. Get. Big they gave him non garbage time run for the first time I've seen in like quite some time last night. Why Since like they the bubble, don't do that more often. Like it. It doesn't make sense to me. There are so many players in the league that I guess just because they can be defensive liabilities-ish that they don't get run. But it's only bigs normally. Like, I just don't get it. I think Bull Bull's going to start getting some run. They threw him in the second quarter, and he had a good little stretch. I hope. He's a seven-footer with handle and a jump shot. Like why wouldn't you give him run? Like I guess not, like his body weighs as much as me. <laughs> yeah, I was just say the thing about it is well, like him, he's small, and I'm guessing he probably. I mean, is a good shot blocker because he's long. Obviously, his dad was clearly, but he just I'm guessing doesn't slide well. Like because that's the only reason why I think he wouldn't play. But you would think you'd want to play him into because he's a talent. Like you'd want to put him in there. It was the same thing Austin and I were talking about Andre Drummond, who like two years ago was averaging 16 and 16 and pretty much, and then now he just 
doesn't really play, but when he does play, he's good. That's those players confuse me. Yeah, and I don't know about good. Drummond's Drummond's a weird one. He's like he sh- there was some stat where he like he shoots the lowest percentage around the rim for how much he's around the rim or something like that. Like he's he's a weird he's one. Kind of, he's kind of fool's gold. Yeah, he he's the one. If you looked at the stats, you'd say like, "Yo, how's this guy not a perennial All Star?" Mm-hmm. But his actual impact on the team, you know, probably not so much. Yep. But um, yeah, I eventually would like to do like a full full pod with some guests maybe because i know there's some people who want to get on and talk some of their favorite players who are either well known not so known and we can kind of get into why some of those players are on your list you know for like yeah. you know, some Grayson allen or luke Kennard or uh you know players like that haslam obviously that's like more of a heat thing but you know we can get into the whys of oh why for sure for sure players. I also, but, uh, I also, just in preparation, just in case, I actually wrote in a couple uh, college and WNBA players, just, just, just in case I had to be ready. <laughs> I don't know. I got to say this. I don't know why this just reminded me of that, but I saw. You you probably seen the Instagram account League Fits, where it's like all just like NBA players coming in the tunnel. Yeah. Like their fits, obviously. I've seen it, yeah. There was a picture. <laughs> They posted, I think it was yesterday, they posted one of DeAndre Jordan. I, no joke, thought it was Liz Cambage. <laughs> he looked like Liz Cambage. Like, whatever he had on, mixed with his height, mixed with, I don't know, I thought it was Liz Cambage, Liz Cambage but it was DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> She's actually one of my favorite WNBA players. She made my list. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's why I mentioned it. That's, why, that's what made me think of it. Because I knew Liz Cambage would be on that list. Yeah, you're a big... Are the Aces your team? Yeah, um, basically what happened was with the WNBA, when I started to actually wanting to follow it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take whatever the worst team is and I'm going to roll with them because I didn't want to just pick the best team. And they happened to be the Aces, and then they got the number one pick like three years in a row. So they got uh, Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum, and they've drafted, and now they're one of the best teams. So I'm an Aces <laughs> fan. <laughs> That's essentially I mean, how that went. I think I need to bandwagon the Connecticut Sun. Yeah. I need to bandwagon a WNBA team. Well, you give me Chicago Sky right now with Candace after they won. I do love Candace Parker. She's definitely my all time favorite WNBA player. Mine's Maya Moore, and it's going to be Paige Beckers in about like two years, two and a half years. She can hoop. She can definitely hoop for sure. Oh, God. Yeah, but Maya Moore, why Maya Moore decided to go on missions and be a minister just upsets me because. Literally on pace to be the best women's basketball player to ever play, and honestly is still in the conversation of like top ten or top five, and, really. And doing work, uh, like for the law, like she, yeah, she got someone who was wrongfully, you know, I could be wrong with this, but I think she got someone who was like wrongfully imprisoned out of jail. I think she like married the dude or something. Yeah, something. Happened. Yeah. I'd have to look up the whole story, but yeah, really weird because it, it was in the middle of her like the prime of her career, and she just. At first, looked like he was just taking a break, and then now it's been like what three seasons at it's least? Three or four seasons. Yeah, she. I mean, and she's still open. I think she could possibly still come back, and if she came back, she'd probably come back as like the top ten player in the league because it's Maya Moore. But yeah, no, saddening for me personally. Yeah, she's only thirty two. Yeah. Only thirty two. So she she can still knows? play. See, Diana Taurasi's doing it at this age, and Sue Bird, and they're actually still really good. So. UConn greats right there, all three of them. All three of them. 
I mean, UConn just breeds them. Gino Oriema is one of my all-time favorite coaches. Yeah. He's got the perfect gig, obviously, being that coach for that team and that program. But, like, he could coach probably in the NBA and do well. Like, I don't doubt that he could do that. Just because he's such, he's actually is a very good coach. I would, I would bank money that he could actually do well, or at least, at least for a college, like a top college program, but maybe in the NBA too. It depends. But he just is a very good coach, obviously. Yeah, IQ is IQ, and, uh, you know, being a leader is being a leader, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I could, he'd definitely do good. Anywhere at any college program, men or women's, but yeah. yeah, I'm sure he could do well at the professional level too. It'd be interesting if he made that jump to the WNBA. I don't think he ever would, but that'd be real interesting. Yeah, it for would sure. be. It very well would be. Uh, you know, we're running out of a time here because I got to get to some stuff. Uh, did yeah. you listen to Silk Sonic? Of course I did. Of <laughs> course making sure I did, had to make sure. Had to uh, want to quickly I'll touch upon it. But yeah, if we want to talk Silk Sonic real quick, want to want to touch practice. upon it. I love the album. Like I loved it. It makes me wanna makes me wanna buy a chinchilla <laughs> for the for the winter. Roll around in a in a seventies Cadillac, maybe with a top hat, some shit. I don't know. No, but that, it, that album definitely delivered. The song with Thundercat is After Last Night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one on the album so far. They delivered though. I mean they, it was everything I thought an evening with Silk Sonic would be. Yeah, it uh, felt. Yeah, it really felt night. like an evening. Like it just felt like you were sitting down. You just said you're sitting down at like a nice place, and you were just listening to live music. And Silk Sonic was on, and it was just a beautiful night. Yeah, that song features Thundercat and Bootsy Collins. Um, yeah, no, everything on that album is great. I think the only one that I felt like could have been any song anywhere. You know what I mean? Was Flies Me. And even that's like a good song, but that's the only one that felt like a filler. That's the only one that I felt like could have been an Anderson, an Anderson Pack filler on any album or Bruno Mars radio song on any album. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get, I can, um, I can see that. I like that Anderson Pack also raps as well as sung, sings because he's a very good, he's a very good rapper and a very good singer as well. So I'm glad he del- he delved into both, dove into both rather. But um, exactly, I mean that's why that's why everyone was so excited for this album because we knew how talented. He's and like how, I don't know how you'd call it, like nostalgic those two are. You know, they yeah. always kind of get back into the funk sounds or like maybe like Bruno Mars. He'll have some songs that sound like a 90s song, an 80s song. This is obviously very 70s and early 80s based. Yeah, um, of course. But no, they delivered. And it's like, you know, we talked about it being so short. It felt perfect. I would like them. To, you know, if they came out, what day did it come out on? Last Friday. or uh, Yeah, last Friday. Yeah. So that was November 12th. I would like it that every November 12th they gave us nine frags. That's what I want. I want this to be an annual thing because they fucking killed it. They did. Which we all expected and they delivered. Like, I don't know if it's album of the year. If you say it's album of the year, I'm not mad at it. One but, of the best uh, ones. For sure. Like, they definitely took their time with it. They delivered. And uh, it was perfect. You know, I, at first I was mad at the nine songs, but I'm, I'm not mad at it at all. I do want nine more. I will mm-hmm. say that. But I like the nine songs. What's your favorite track of the whole thing? I was going to say a um, couple things. I was say one, I did like the nine songs when we talked about this. I like R&B albums to be kind of more concise. Obviously, if they're mm-hmm. longer, I'm not going to hate on it. But when you have a nine to ten song album and it doesn't miss, it's perfect. Like 30 minutes felt really nice to me. 
It felt like an Eve. It felt like just. It felt like it what it should have been. Uh, my favorite song, obviously, "Leave the Door Open" is great. "Smoking Out the Window" is great. My Love favorite. Out my favorite song might be "Put on a Smile," and I need a. I need a remix with Beyonce. It's what I need. Interesting, be- Beyonce on that. Because the re- I was listening to it the first time, and I was like, okay, they're talking about pretty. They're basically talking about. Um, putting on a smile, thinking about their woman and talking from their perspective. I want the other woman perspective. And I, on that production, I heard Beyonce and I was like, if they have a remix come out and Beyonce's on it, I'll probably die. Cause I, the way she obviously could harmonize with Bruno when he's up there and he's doing his vocal. I think also he was, his vocals were the best on that song better than any other song so with beyonce on there with him and then obviously anderson doing what he does i think that could make for a killer remix one and two we mentioned november 12th i just wanted to shout out uh matt richardson's birthday november 12th so happy belated oh, i wish them a happy birthday happy but happy Rick. belated on the pod matt just wanted to shout out to Matty Rick. yes uh and beyonce that's not one i would have instantly thought of for a feature on this album or a remix you know what i mean yeah oh um, yeah definitely she doesn't really definitely. fit on other songs on the album like she i mean she could make it work because it's beyonce and she can make anything work i mean she did a country song and made it work but she i on that song specifically that one felt more soulful and beyonce i felt fit there, that was the first name that came to my mind. There's obviously other artists that probably could fit on that song, but Beyonce was the first one that came to my mind. I'm gonna have to give that a re-listen now after and listen to like see if I hear Beyonce fit into that song. Mm-hmm. But uh, real quick, our Patriots demolished, demolished. Who they play the Browns? They demolished the Browns. They demolished them so remember. bad that you didn't even remember who it was. It didn't matter. They won they 45 got- to seven. Yeah, they got one drive, the opening drive. They look good, and then we shut them down. I think Baker had, when they left, they had like 113 total yards when he exited the game. It was 31 to 7 when he left. It was it was a wrap already, so it's not like it mattered. And we got the the Falcons who just got blown out by the Cowboys this past Sunday. By more, we get them tomorrow night. <laughs> I was gonna say by more. I mean the uh, Browns. More, yeah, I was exactly. say the Browns lost by 38. The Falcons lost by 40. <laughs> He couldn't even put up a touchdown. Unbelievable. And that was one that I said well, like, could be the letdown game, and we lose that game. I don't expect us to lose that game tomorrow. No. I expect us to be 7-4 and four going into Friday. We get a mini-bye week, play next Sunday. We're um, not losing. I was going to say, we are not losing to the Falcons. I'm I'm becoming a betting man, and the line's 6.5. I am taking that. They're at least winning by a touchdown. The Falcons have no one offensively. They have Kyle Pitts, uh, Cordero Patterson's probably not playing. So he's it's, out. I was going to say he's out. So it's going to be Kyle Pitts, Mike Davis, Russell Gage, Ulamande Zachary. I can't even pronounce his name. It's it, I. They have no one offensively. So they hey, man, should tee I told, off. I told you this defense was dominant, man. They, they, they put the Browns in their shack. They couldn't do anything. They, they ran the ball. They ran the ball pretty well. Dearness Johnson, I, I was gonna say Dearness Johnson, it would fill in for Nick Chubb pretty well. Obviously, he's not Nick Chubb, like so. I'm not, not gonna try to make it seem, but he had almost a hundred yards. He had like a hundred and twenty, hundred and 
35, 40 yards of all-purpose, but literally he was the only bright spot, and it wasn't bright. It was a very dim light in the background because they had no bright spots in that game. Oh, man. How many guys do you have all-purpose? Um, I, th- I think like 135 to 140. Let me look real quick. The only reason why I know is because I had him in fantasy this week. He scored 15.7 fantasy points, but it wasn't all running. So, because yeah, they only had tw- yeah, they only had 217 yards total in the yeah. game. Um, hold on just a second. I can tell you in just a moment. I want to know what what's your new prediction for this team? Because now they have an 88 percent chance of making the playoffs. Oh, they're making. I would say they're making the playoffs. Yeah, he had um, he actually had 157. All-purpose yards. He had 99 yards rushing and 58 yards receiving. But me, he had eight yards. I would have. Yeah, I was gonna I say it was been. a lot on the first drive, and then he ran well. As he ran for over five a carry, and then he had seven receptions. So he was pretty much their entire offense. But what I think of this team now, I think that this team is definitely going to the playoffs. I don't know why they wouldn't be going to the playoffs. And as we, as I said before the year, that this year. Exactly, I said they were gonna go anywhere, probably anywhere from nine and eight to eleven and six, and that in the playoffs it would probably they could they probably won't make the Super Bowl, but they could give a team a scare for sure because it's Bill Belichick in the playoffs. This team could be one of those sleeper teams that makes it to the Super Bowl, all depending on matchup, because there's no one in the AFC that I'm looking at like wow, like the Bills. They're good. They lost to the Jags nine to six. The Chiefs, they beat the Raiders by a lot. Cool, but they're inconsistent right now. The Ravens are up and down. They just lost to the Dolphins by twelve. Obviously, there's the Bengals who are up and down. The Chargers who have lost like three out of their last four, and we beat them. So there's no AFC team that I look at that's like, wow, I need to worry about them. Uh, the Titans oh, are the other you. team, and they if they have no Derrick Henry for it, then I'm not as concerned, but Derrick Henry might be back if it was a playoff game. So, And also, we'll see when we play them. We play them on the 28th, we'll see how we stack up, because they're 8-2, so got to give them props. Most definitely, they're definitely doing their thing without Derrick Henry, but the Lombardi Trophy is there for the taking. Uh, we are a half game behind Buffalo for the division, so the division is right there for the taking. If you're talking about being a betting man, Smart bet right now has been on the Patriots to take that division crown with the odds that it is right now. It's probably like plus 350, I think, last time I looked. Maybe even more, maybe even a little less. I don't know, but good money on the Patriots winning the division. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say I had them, I had the Bills, I think, 11 and 5, and then the Patriots 10 and or 11 and 6, and the Patriots 10 and 7, I think, roughly, or the Bills like up one or two games. This year, I thought they were going to be a competition for the division, but I thought the Bills are the better team and they were going to. Which, would if the Bills win the division, not going to shock me at all. Because the Bills, probably right now, is presently constructed, is probably the most complete team in the AFC. But, obviously anything can happen, and the Patriots coming off of 7-4, and four, with a mini-buy going into a Titans game, that's going to be real interesting. Before we go, give me a score. For tomorrow's game, thirty-one thirteen. Thirty-one thirteen. It's. it's right. I don't. I. 
what we're what Bill Belichick's going to do. They take away your best thing. So what they're going to do is they're going to double Kyle Pitts. They're going to make Russell Gage beat us, and I'm if Russell Gage beats us, it's a problem. Like I, there is nothing the Falcons have right now, and defensively, I'm not scared. Like they just they just lost by forty. They're gonna come out. They're gonna come out on probably hopefully with their head on fire because they're at home and just got blown out. But not literally not worried. I'm thirty one thirteen. Never know with the Thursday games. And that's oh. the only thing. That's why I was so worried about maybe Mac and the rest of our team. But the way we look, this defense is dominant. I'll say it again, dominant. Like they can ride to the Super Bowl. Not that I'm expecting this, but they can ride to the Super Bowl. Off this defense. This defense is incredible. Uh, and we're not even fully healthy. I mean, I hope we don't lose anybody. I think I mentioned this last time. I hope we don't lose anybody in our defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. But, man, besides that, we're firing on all cylinders. And our offense, like, shit. I owe Josh McDaniels an apology because he called a great game last Sunday. That was his best game of the year by far. You don't owe him an apology. My- you, what you did was you woke him up. I, you don't owe him an apology. I hope so. don't. I hope so. But I definitely owe him an apology because that was classic uh, Patriots offense that we're used to where, you know, maybe like in the Brady days, maybe it was like a J.J. Watt where you'd go in and he's like the most dominant player in the league and he's just nothing against Patriots because they're just not even letting you get into a rhythm because you're throwing screens, they're throwing quick passes, they're double teaming, they're chipping you. Yeah. Uh, like Nikhil Harry had a great blocking Sunday that's been highlighted all over Patriots where like he had an amazing blocking Sunday, which isn't what you want out of your first round pick for a receiver to be highlighted for his blocking over his catching, but nonetheless it contributed to a great team win, right? But I, at this point I, great game. at this point I don't I what I want from him is to be useful on the field. And if yeah. if he's going to be if he's gonna have a great blocking Sunday every Sunday and that's it as sad as it is that we spent the first round pick on him, at this point, I am okay with that. Because yeah, we, and, uh, the way we, we run we the ball won't matter. Yeah, we run the ball effectively, and uh, I love I love our receiving core. I love our receiving core. With, I like uh, it. I can't say I love it. I love it. I need Man, one I mean, more. We, I just need one Myers, more. Myers gets open. I mean, the way – I mean, you got to figure, besides Randy Moss, right? The way the Patriots have always operated, their number one's always the slot guy. Whether it's Welker, whether it's Edelman, whether it's Myers now, who got his first career touchdown finally. Like Myers, nobody can cover Jacoby Myers. He's open all the time. Kendrick Bourne gets deep. He's a weapon. Like he was featured. You could have made a case that he was the offensive player of the game. On you know, Sunday Kendrick Bourne had a that he had the catch of the game. That catch yeah, was phenomenal. That dude's a playmaker. Like anytime he's been featured at all this year, that dude made plays. Like he had that one against uh, Cowboys. Was it Dallas? Was it Dallas when he had that big catch? Yeah, it goes right that after a Mac Jones threw a pick. Right Trayvon pick Diggs. Stick. Yep, and then right the Trayvon Diggs bit on the next play, and then Mac, and then they put seventy-five yards touchdown right back in it. I love it. I love it. Between those three, Aguilar is playing well for us. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Once Jonu can get healthy, he's questionable for this week. Hunter Henry's catching touchdowns every game. Um, it just looks so much like the Patriots teams I grew up with that were just so well-rounded all around. You know what I mean? It does. It definitely does. I See, for me, I don't even, as I say, before I needed a star star, I, I just, for me personally, I would just like a one guy on the Like, it doesn't even have to be anything crazy. And someone like even Corey Davis would make me happy on the outside. 
just a big body receiver. That would be one thing that I would need, just a one-on-one big body receiver. Other than that, though, I was fine with the offense. That's the only thing I've complained with with the offense over the last two years. Just big body receiver on the outside, need a number one. But they're making it work without hey, it, so good Jacoby is the number one. I, Jacoby's number one. And this been, like I said, it's been the case of the Patriots all the time. And what used to be the thing was... Yeah, but that's have you have Tom Brady then. The like, I mean, it makes more sense. I get it, but I mean, and obviously, look what we did when we had a number one. But we also, whenever we didn't have a receiver, we had Rob Gronkowski, and I understand Hunter Henry's good and all, but he's not the goat at tight end. So he's not, but now everyone stumbles into a goat tight end. Well, no, we do no, have two, no, we have two sure. four goat tight ends with him and John. No, and that's my and that's my point of when Tom Brady, like since '07. Tom Brady's had Randy Moss or Rob Gronkowski and then a really good slot. And Jacoby Myers can fill in for the Edelman. I just want something better. I just want more options because obviously it's really hard to get arguably like the top two receiver of all time and a goat at tight end. It's hard to, you're not just going to stumble upon that. But if you have a pro bowler at tight end and a good receiver out wide, a really good receiver that's a big body out wide, that changes it. But again, that's for the future this year. They can win without it. So I'm not going to hate on it. They just won 45 to 7. That's where I kind of disagree with you, though, is because it reminds me very much of the early Brady teams where the trio was Troy Brown, David Gibbons, Deion Branch, David Patton, rest in peace. All those guys. If you can get open, you can get deep, which these guys can. These guys can get deep. It's not like in years past where it was like Edelman. Mixed with some Ken Brell Tompkins and Aaron Dobson. You know what I mean? Like our weak spots, Nikhil Harry, and even he's having a better season than his previous two. He's at least having some bright spots here. He's at least getting some blocking traffic catches like we expected to him. And, yeah, he's getting his blocking in. Blocking in. But, he's uh, turned to Heinz Ward only only blocking wise, but yeah. <laughs> but uh no, that foursome, you know, as long as Nikhil keeps coming on along a little by little, I'm confident in Bourne, definitely confident in Jacoby. And uh, even Aguilar, he's been getting deep. He's been making plays. And then our two tight ends, I don't know. I think by the time we roll into week 18, oh, I, as long I, as I like, healthy, I like everything. I like everything. I just wish everything could be pushed back with the number one there. Like, I think I've liked Kendrick Bourne when we got signed because I like the speediness. I like the fact that he can get deep, but he also could play in the slot if need be. Jacoby Myers, good route runner, can play in the slot. Nelson Aguilar can get over the top if need be. Depends if he catches the ball or not. It's been his only problem in the NFL. It's never been running routes, never been a speed. It's just, can he catch it? So that that was literally the only thing, though. I just wanted that because I love the tight ends that we have. But, you know, if it works, it works. And I'm wrong if we don't need it. I just would like it, personally. But it's, sure. it's, a, less, it's a less of a problem as I was last year. No, yeah, we didn't. Obviously, a, we obviously didn't have Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar last year. I'm not saying so. Obviously, it wasn't going to be the same, but we got plenty more weapons than we did last year. Oh, that's yeah, for sure. we have in last two years, really. But you look at a team like like the Niners. Like I don't think I don't think necessarily Debo is like a number one. Like the way they use him, they put him. He's he's, he's pretty much a slot guy. And they put him in the backfield a lot. You know, they run a lot of their offense. I would love a Debo Samuel though. But I think we kind of got one with uh, Kendrick Bourne. Oh, the way they use the way they use Bourne, and we got Myers, who does like 
any NFL analyst that I've seen on Twitter is like, yo, no one can cover this guy, Jacoby Myers. Like he gets open as well as anybody in the league. And that's, that's a skill in itself. And he can get deep as well. They don't use him like that. But I mean, he's like, I mean, you go back and look at some Welker highlights and even Edelman, they can get deep at times. And I think Myers has more ability than both of them. So I don't know. I think you're kind of underselling this offense. We'll see more as we go well, along. I just don't think we but, have a uh, Debo Samuel. He is. Debo, hey, don't sleep on Kendrick Bourne. Don't sleep don't, on Kendrick Bourne. I, no, I don't. Say. That's not sleeping on Kendrick Bourne. That's giving props to who Debo Samuel is. That's really, is really, really good. But he's also a product of that offense too, the way they use him. Yeah, you know I mean, well, like of, they co- use of course. I mean, obviously, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna be, I mean, you're always kind of a product of your offense, regardless. But like, the Debo's used in a special way, but you have to have a special talent to be used in that side of kind of way. Like he's almost True. got a thousand yards receiving this year, and that doesn't even take into account his running. True, but I would say if you go through most NFL rosters, you don't have a, you don't have a true. Like like CD Lamb type on most teams, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna a lot of teams have supplemental parts for their for their offense. You know what I mean? Like that, this kind of receiving core, honestly, is something I would have took a lot of those Brady years where we're relying on Gronkowski at tight end. You know what I mean? Like guys who can just at least get open, get deep sometimes, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? As long as you're, I was gonna say, as long as you're getting open, yet, yeah, but a lot of teams have a number one. Like a true number, like all the good teams, all the good teams have a legitimate number one. I'd say about half the league. I guess so. I guess so. I guess you don't you don't really find that the special special receivers like the Julio, Odell, you know, their prime types. Oh yeah. Oh no no no. But like if you're going if you're going by that, then Jacoby's definitely that. If you're going by like what other team standards are, you know what I mean. Same with like a but I don't I don't know if Jacoby's like a top. 15 receiver. I don't think Jacoby's a top 15 receiver. I can I can go through and I can name 15 receivers I think are better than him for sure. At least. You, and you could put up, I, I don't know, by the end of the year, you might be able to put Jacoby's stats up next to anybody as far as his catches, as far as his reliability. I don't know. Oh, he's a very re- he's a very reliable receiver. I'm not trying to, I just don't think he's a number one personally for me, but... I don't know, but that's just personally me. I don't think he's a number one at all, and there's a lot of there's probably. I'm not sure if he's not top fifteen, may not be top twenty. I would have to go through and look. There are a lot of really good receivers. Currently, I think Pro Football Focus has him ranked at twenty out of one fifteen. So I was gonna say, like, I, 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 I twenty receiver. Yeah, I was gonna say I would probably. I mean, I'd have to go through and look. I don't know if he's top twenty. There are a lot, a lot of good receivers in the league. All right. Well, we'll see how this offense plays out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get going. I got some stuff I got to do. Keenan, good show. Good I'll talking. talk to you next week. I was going to say good talking to you. I'll probably talk to you tomorrow during the game at some point, but good Absolutely. talking to you. Young Dolph, rest in peace. Yes, rest Warner in peace. Brothers Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back. Peace, y'all.